welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. This is Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today, we're going to try something a little bit different, and we're going to be combining two older episodes of Great Loop Radio for your listening pleasure. Before we do that, I want to take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral Level sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes & Associates, Dog River Marina, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, United Yacht Sales of the Carolinas, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. With that out of the way, I want to explain what we're doing today. Those of you who are members and who are on our discussion forum may have noticed Foster Shucker kind of drop a bombshell out there earlier this week when he called the Michigan side of Lake Michigan, the eastern shore, a vast wasteland in response to somebody's question about what ports to stop at there. Now, those of you who know Foster know he was basically saying that to try and incite some reaction from people and really hear their favorite parts. But uh, Foster is a big proponent of traveling the Wisconsin side of Lake Michigan. And last year about this time, he and Susan Wilson, who completed the loop together in 2015, were our guests on Great Loop Radio, and they talked about cruising the Wisconsin side. So we're going to start off this week's episode with a replay of that, and then once that is over, we're going to add to that another episode that was recorded about this time last year featuring the Hospitars, who many of you know as the authors of some books on the Great Loop. Um, and George and Pat will be the guests for the second part of Great Loop Radio. And they will kind of counter what Foster says and tell you about the Michigan side of the lake. Enjoy these rebroadcasts, and we'll bring you a new episode soon. All right, let's bring in Foster and Susan. Thank you both for joining me today. Hi, Kim. Thanks for having us. Hi, Kim. It's good to hear from you both. Now, you presented about this topic um, at our Spring Rendezvous not too long ago, so I know that you are very well prepared for, for the topic. But let's start by telling us a little bit about your boating experience and your Great Loop trip. Sure. So, we had, a, we had a blast. The, the loop was just a, probably the greatest time we've had ever. Um, it's been on my bucket list since the early 1970s. Uh, Susan and I boated in our, in our boat, the Quobotamus, for the last 13 years in the Chesapeake Bay. Um, and we started talking seriously about planning for the loop about 2009. Uh, and then, we, like you said, we looped um, April 2014 through June of 2015. Uh, on our trip, our top spots were Canada. We spent 77 days there, about 11 weeks. Uh, we love the Kentucky Lakes, which we spent more time there. And then, of course, Door County and Milwaukee along western Lake Michigan was a blast. And that's actually why when I was trying to find a speaker for the western side of the lake, for, for the Wisconsin side, I immediately thought of you because you've posted on the forum about how much you loved that area. So we appreciate you sharing that passion for it with everyone else. Um, tell us why initially when you were making the choice, why did you pick the Wisconsin side? Um, my family are big Green Bay Packers fan. Uh, my father was a Packers shareholder, a Packer backer for decades. Uh, so I wanted to go to Green Bay and, and actually see Lambeau Field, and going that route is the, the easiest way to go. Uh, the first loopers we met, the crew of Reunion, were from that area, and they talked about how great that area was. And then going through Canada, we met about a dozen other boaters that were from that area, and they all loved it. So that sort of sealed the deal. 
Uh, it's about 50 miles farther going that way than going the eastern route. So from a cost and time standpoint, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And n- nothing that you feel like you missed perhaps on the Michigan side? Well, we'll do the loop again. We'll go back there. There you go. Yep. We want to see everything. Yeah, it gives you a good reason to do it again. It's it's kind of impossible to see everything in just one loop. So and then Lake Michigan's a great example of that. So in general, give us kind of an idea of what type of cruising you'd be doing um on that western side of Lake Michigan. Right, so taking the, the hopping off point of, of Mackinac Island, you're gonna go along the northern shore of, of Lake Michigan. So it's big lake cruising along that first piece and you're and you're going west. Uh loopers then turn into the Green Bay, which is a sort of a south direction, and that's really sheltered. You're going to be in there for about 100 miles. You're going to pop out um, Lake Michigan at Sturgeon Bay. So that whole trip through there is easy. It's like a small lake. There's no tide. There's no currents. There's no real big waves. Uh, pop out at Sturgeon Bay. There's about another 150 miles of big lake cruising to get you down to Chicago. So key thing is if you're on the lake, you're going to need to watch the weather. There's going to be some really ugly days like other places on the loop, and the waves can get pretty high. Um, most of the time on the western shore, the westerly winds haven't had a chance to kick up the waves yet, so you're not going to get lots of big waves. And there's deep water the entire trip, so that's not a problem. Okay. And this is usually kind of a loaded question because everybody needs to make the loop their own, and people like to spend different amounts of time in different places. But um, tell us your opinion. How much time would you recommend that loopers take for this leg on Lake Michigan? When we were there, people were telling us to spend three or four months, and there are people that we met that spend summers there, so I can see during that long period of time. Uh, We left Mackinac the 18th of August, and we were in Chicago by late September, about four to five weeks. Uh, The rule, the looper rule of off the lake by Labor Day or off the lake by the end of September or just sort of looper rumors. There's still, you know, stuff going on. Um, because most of us have insurance with it has hurricane clauses, we can't go farther south in Demopolis uh, till the first or the fifteenth of November. So there's no sense to to rush down the 950 miles to get there. We traveled mm-hmm. about 50 miles a day. So if you do all the stops that we did, plan at least two weeks with no weather issues. So three weeks is a good guess. Okay. Um, so as you were out there still in late September, did you find any of the facilities were starting to close, or does that happen further into October? Not all the facilities we were to were in full swing. There was stuff going on uh, in Manitowoc. There was a looper thing, a, a looper appreciation sort of thing happening in one of the marinas. So there's lots of stuff that's still happening. So I don't, we didn't really see a downturn in anything. I'm going to guess that people still boat well into October before things start to shut down. Okay, well, good. And I've had um, I've had people at a seminar in Chicago tell me that September is actually the best time on the lake because all the weekend boaters have gone home, so you've got a little bit less of the craziness in the Chicago area if you're out there a little bit uh, past Labor Day. So good information. Um, let's kind of start to talk about the different things there are to see and do. So if you start from the Straits of Mackinac, run us through the major ports along the way. I can do that. Um, So coming across the northern part of the lake going west, you first stop off at Beaver Island, then you go to Manistique, and then you run around the corner up into Betanoc into Fayette, which is also called the snail shell. Uh, Next is Escanaba. 
And from Fayette, you can either go to Escanaba or you can go sort of southeast down into Sister Bay, Wisconsin. From there, you go south to Fish Creek, uh, then to Sturgeon Bay, Manitowoc, Port Washington, Milwaukee, Waukegan, and Chicago. The last five stops are actually on Lake Michigan itself. Uh, if loopers want to have sort of the best of both worlds, they want to do some east and some west, the place to come across is at Frankford or Manistee, and then beam over to Manitowoc over there. It's a shorter, the, the lake is kind of a little narrow at that point, so it would be a, a day ride to do that. You miss Door County, but you can still get to Milwaukee, which is the high point of our trip. Okay. So, so those are the ports, and you said those are probably spaced about 50 miles apart because you were doing 50 miles roughly a day. Yeah, we try to do about three three to four hours a day on most of the trip. The marinas on, on the western shore space a little farther apart. I know there's loopers that like to do 100 miles a day, but we kind of like to stop it and, and see things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's uh, jump into marinas. Talk about the favorite marinas you found in those different ports. Well, I'm going to jump in here. Um, our absolute favorite stop on the western shore was at um, Fayette at the Snail Shell. Um, that was not a, a marina per se with services. It was a dock, but uh, it was in the middle of a historic town that had been restored. Um, it was essentially a, a museum site, so you could get off and wander through. There was lots of uh, trails and um, you know natural uh, wonders to look at, limestone cliffs. Um, there was fishing there, um, and there was a fun vibe on the dock. Um, people uh, were coming and going, um, and at times, uh, apparently, the, the boats can stack up there, but we had a great time with all the people that we met there. Um, one of the other um, uh, areas that we really liked was um, at Sisters Creek, um, where we saw fireworks the night that we came in. Um, the marina there uh, had nice wide areas that um, you could uh, set your chairs up and sit out on the dock, um, and there were a lot of services nearby, um, great restaurants, um, things to look at as you walk through town, um, and then the um, Al, Al uh, Johnson's restaurant with the goats on top. <laughs> I guess we haven't gotten to the restaurants yet, though. Um, and then another good stop was in Escanaba. Um, Escanaba is kind of an older town, um, but the marina there um, hosted uh, a fish tournament that they have every year, um, and that was great to watch. And it was a great bike ride into town, um, and there was plenty to do in Escanaba. So those are some of our top hits. Favorite, uh, Foster has some of his own favorites. So the, she pretty much covered it. The thing to remember is that Door County is a huge tourist destination. There's lots of boaters there. So especially if you're going to go to Sisters Creek, you need to, to call more than the usual just the day before reservation to make sure you can get there. Uh, we stayed at Port Washington Marina and Matchwalk Marina. They're both AGL sponsors, and we got treated like, like family by those guys. Most of the, the cities and towns have only a single marina in them because they're small. So it becomes easy choices at that point. The water gateway guide, of course, is your best reference then if there's multiple choices for recommendations. Okay. Uh, moving on to anchorages. Um, I, if I'm remembering correctly, you two are um, typically tie up at marinas more often than anchor. But for those who do anchor or for those who perhaps waited to make that reservation at somewhere like Sisters Creek and couldn't get in, um, talk about what you did find as far as anchorages along the way. Okay, you're right. We we just love the small towns in Canada and decided to make sure that we did that along this route. 
So Green Bay, if you look at it on the the eastern, the western part of Lake Michigan over there, there's a hundred miles of great anchorages in and out. We anchored um, outside of Escanaba to let Susan do some fishing. So there's some spots there. Door County, if you look at Green Bay, will be on the eastern side, and then the all of Wisconsin is on the western side. There are hundreds of little coves along Green Bay in there that you can duck into. There's also little coves along Door County that you'll be able to find anchorages in that. There's, there's not a lot of boats that anchor out, so you should have lots of places to yourself. Sounds very nice. Um, let's talk about, so we've talked about marinas and anchorages and where we're going to spend the night probably, but talk about some of the things that there are to see and do along the way. Um, well, in Door County, um, there were the great restaurants that I mentioned in um, Sister Creek. Um, Al Johnson's with the goats on the roof that has traditional Swedish food. Um, there are some newer kind of places. We went to a um, uh, craft beer restaurant that had uh, great kind of farm-to-table food. Um, then when we went to uh, Fish Creek, um, there were tons of... Uh, great little shops, uh, again, wonderful restaurants, and then they had the special uh, event that we attended, one of our favorite, which is the fish boil. Um, the fish boil is something people, you know, really love to do, and I know Foster uh, is very excited to tell you about it in a minute. Um, in Milwaukee, uh, we went to the Harley-Davidson plant, um, museums, there was lots of bicycling there. There's just so much to do in that area, it's hard to cover all of it, Kim. Mm -hmm. And um, so if you rent a car, do, are there things you can you can drive to? Would you recommend doing that in the area? Yeah, so you know, we'll talk later about Milwaukee and driving around there. The, the We rented a car in Sturgeon Bay and then drove down to Green Bay to visit Lambeau Field. Yay, go Pack Go! <laughs> uh, but there's also a ton of other things to see in Green Bay. There's a great maritime museum in Manitowoc that's got an AGL display that people shouldn't miss. But, you know, the chance of getting a car and lots of enterprise things is, is worthwhile in doing. Oh, and Manitowoc also had the Space Festival. The <laughs> Oh, you hear that's later. Okay. <laughs> all right. I'm okay. sorry. I'm skipping ahead again. <laughs> that is quite all right. It's just a conversation. We can go wherever you'd like next. Um, but actually, why don't we go next to a, a brief message from one of our sponsors, and then we'll come back and we'll jump a little bit more into the food, because that's always a great topic. So we'll talk a little bit more about the fish boils and any restaurants that we may have missed, and also um, special events that would be going on this summer. So we will be back in a minute. Did you know that every mile of the Great Loop is covered by Skipper Bob Guides? Its mile-by-mile -mile format is a great planning tool and essential at the helm. On the most popular routes and side trips, Skipper Bob covers preparation, navigation, bridges and locks, and the best places to visit. Skipper Bob guides are updated each year, and its website keeps you current with navigation alerts and cruising news. To check it out, go to skipperbob.net. Skipper Bob is a proud Admiral Sponsor of AGLCA. 
We're back on Great Loop Radio. Our guests today are Foster Shucker and Susan Wilson, who, of course, are Gold Loopers, who completed their Great Loop after about 15 months um, last June, June of 2015. And they're joining us to talk about the Wisconsin side of Lake Michigan. So we've talked a little bit about um, some of the highlights, and we've talked about the anchorages and marinas. Let's move on to what everybody always asks about, the food. Um, Talk about some of the restaurants and, and tell us about those fish boils you mentioned. Uh, so let's do fish boils first for people that have never seen it. So you want to get a large cauldron, you know, think double-double toil and trouble from the Disney movies. You want to <laughs> build a wood fire underneath. If you're going to fill it full of water, throw in two cups of salt and bring it to a boil. Then you're going to fill individual metal baskets with onions, another one with potatoes, and a third with big chunks of white fish. You throw the onions in, let them cook a little bit, then you throw the potatoes in, you let them cook, and then the white fish. So the, the white fish, while it cooks, it releases all the greasy internal oils in it, and that comes floating up to the top of the cauldron. So they need a good mechanism to get that off of there, get the, the oil out of the water. So what they do is they get a cup of kerosene, and they throw on the wood fire, and that causes the cauldron to really boil and bubble over, and that bubbling over action takes the grease and the oil from the fish out of the pot. Uh, it also puts the fire out so it stops boiling over. And then once it stops boiling, they pull the fish and the potatoes and onions out and serve it to you. It's, it's really, really awesome, and it's a great piece of theater to watch. Where are those typically happening? Do they have them in most of the towns along the way? They're pretty much in, on, in a, a Door County specialty. So Sister Creek is a good place to go for that. Um, Pelletier's up there is just is the place that we went, and it was a blast. They, it, they turn it really into a decent piece of theater. But we also had a fish boil in Manitowoc that was hosted by the marina that we stayed at. So it's really a Door County specialty. Mm-hmm. Okay. What else food-wise should we be looking out for? Foster loves butter tarts. So um, <laughs> he wasn't able to find any in uh, Door County, unfortunately. But um, fresh uh, ice cream places everywhere, um, the fish boil restaurants, there's different ones. Um, the uh, Great Lakes version of seafood, which is uh, any kind of white fish <laughs> that can be uh, caught in the, in the lakes. We really tried to stay out of the chain places and um, go to the small mom and pops or, um, you know, something that was kind of unique to the area. And um, we just found tons of places to uh, eat there. Okay. So in addition, it sounds like the fish boils themselves are kind of special events that are happening. Um, But what else is going on in, in this area during the summer? I brought it up before, and that's um, the Space Festival, the Sputnik Fest in Manitowoc. Um, They have it every year in September, and it's to celebrate a piece of Sputnik falling in the area. Um, So they've got kind of wacky um, uh, contests and uh, different kinds of exhibits for the day. Um, It's associated with a little museum, so you can go wander through the museum if you're interested, listen to music, um, or look at the street vendors. So, so and this year, seen... go ahead, Foster. So this year, the 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 Sputnik Fest is the ninth and tenth of September. So you know, we always tell people don't try to be on a schedule. If you happen to be in the area that weekend, that's one of the things to try to go see. 
And I have not attended that, but I've seen lots of great pictures, and that's um, people are usually dressed up in costumes as well, right? Yes, the Miss Space Debris contest happens at that time, and so uh, when we were there, uh, Miss Space Debris stayed in character the entire time. Um, it was very <laughs> interesting, to say the least. And then you had mentioned about yeah, you had mentioned Kim about being off the lake by September. So we were there mm -hmm. after Labor Day, and there was still a lot of things, a lot of festivals and stuff going on as we traveled south. So there's, you'll, you'll find stuff to do. Okay, well, great. So we have a little bit of time left. Let's, um, you know, if you had to pick the one thing not to be missed um, along that, that shore of Wisconsin, what would it be? Foster's favorite would be Milwaukee, and I think that's because of all of the beer. <laughs> that's one of his favorite <laughs> things in addition to the butter tarts is the craft brew places we were able to see. Um, so we went on a lot of brewery tours. Foster went to the Harley-Davidson um, plant for a tour, and we went to the Harley-Davidson Museum, which was amazing. Um, there's also great art museums in Milwaukee. There was fabulous biking um, the Milwaukee uh, Marina that we stayed at had uh, huge parks right next to it and bike paths, um, and there was just lots of stuff to see. Yeah, there's the town's full of galleries and shopping, and one of the, the great things about it is because there's a river that runs through the middle of it, you can take your dink and drive it up through town, and then as far as restaurants goes, there's lots of restaurants that overlook these river sections that are well worth going to. So it was great. We we spent six days there, and we could have probably spent another couple. So definitely a highlight of the trip, not just of of this this segment, but you consider Milwaukee one of the overall highlights, correct? Yeah, uh, to the point that if I decided I wanted to deal with serious snow again, I would probably move to Milwaukee. <laughs> yes, I think most of us um, are avoiding the serious snow, but um, not having been to Milwaukee, I'm looking forward to that stop. It sounds wonderful. Um, so to give a quick summary before we wrap up about uh, this western shore of, of Lake Michigan, um, talk to us, how would you summarize this part of the trip? Okay, so the two, the two standard things we tell every looper, and it is don't be on a schedule, take your time, there's lots to see. Uh, the second thing is don't do places because all the other loopers do it, make it your own voyage, make it your own, your own custom adventure. Having said all that, you know, Make, definitely make a try to go to the western side of Lake Michigan. It's well worth the trip over there. Uh, if you don't want to do the whole thing and don't want to do Door County, you can zap across farther down and at least get a chance to see, see Milwaukee before you go down into Chicago. All right. Susan, anything else you'd like to add? Um, I, I just think it, it's well worth stopping on that leg of the journey, and um, there's so many uh, different little towns to see there. Um, everybody would enjoy it if they took a chance in stopping. All right. Susan and Foster, thank you for joining us. Um, we really appreciate you sharing this information. Um, we will be back next week where our guests will be kind of your, your counterparts from our spring rendezvous. Um, George and Pat Hospitar presented there on the Michigan side of the lake. Um, so they'll Isn't be back the next week. Kim, isn't the Michigan side, isn't that where the zombie apocalypse is going on now? 
It could be. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but but we'll see what uh, George and Pat have to say about that, and uh, then our listeners can kind of make their decision of which way they're going to proceed on the lake. But um, And, of course, Foster and Susan had a great idea of a, a crossing point if you want to do part of it on the Michigan side and then cross over and still hit Milwaukee. So that was great advice. Um, Susan and Foster, thanks again for being here. We appreciate it. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Kim. Have a great day. That was Foster Shucker and Susan Wilson, our guests from last year about this time on Great Loop Radio, talking about the Wisconsin side of Lake Michigan. As a counter to that opinion, we are now going to play for you a rebroadcast of George and Pat Hospodar, and they will take us down the Michigan side of the lake. Pat and George Hospodar, welcome back to Great Loop Radio. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Why don't we start out, for those who perhaps have not heard you before, um, just share a little bit of your boating background, and of course, we're also authors about the Great Loop and frequent speakers, so why don't you kind of fill us in a little bit about yourselves? Well, uh, George and I have been boating for uh, about 45 years, it's hard to believe, and have cruised uh, almost 45,000 miles together in that time. Um, In the first 35-plus years, we sailed the waters from Cape Cod to Chesapeake Bay on our two sailboats. But in uh, nine, uh, 2007, I read about this uh, new, new trip called the Great Loop, and uh, I urged George uh, that we were, I was now retired from teaching, and this would be a great time to do such a trip. So in 2008, uh, we purchased our um, 48-foot cockpit motor yacht reflection, and um, since then, We've made we did the, our first loop in 2010 and our second one uh, in two, 2015. And in addition to that, uh, each uh, fall and each spring we make the uh, trip from New Jersey down to Marathon, Florida, which is our um, we feel is like our second home. And uh, we spend the winters uh, down in Florida because we don't want to shovel know anymore so uh <laughs> we know the icw very well let's put it that way mm-hmm. and uh tell us a little bit about the two books you've written on the great loop okay the first book is reflection on america's great loop and that's the story of our first loop trip uh the second one is the great loop experience from concept to completion and that is a, a how-to manual to get your uh self ready to do a trip of this this kind. Um, both books uh, have sold very, very well, and we're, we're delighted to, uh, to hear from many, many people that, that they have these books. And we've also done a lot of speaking, uh, especially at Troller Fest and um, also for the AGLCA on various topics uh, related to the America's Great Loop. And we're also uh, cruising editors for Waterway Guide, uh, the 2016 edition, we were we well, we were responsible for many things in the uh, Great Loop edition of that uh, of that guide, and this year we are responsible for um, uh, new things coming out in the Northern Waterway Guide for 2017. Wonderful. So obviously, lots of um, boating and presenting and writing experience, um, especially about the Great Loop. Um, let's kind of shift and start to talk about Lake Michigan. Did you take the um, the eastern side of the lake on both of your Great Loop trips? Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that. Yes, we did take the same side each time. We went down the Michigan side, um, I guess maybe out of habit or we just happen to like it. 
there's a few reasons why we like to come down that side. Uh, there is a harbor of refuge every 30 miles. So you're never more than 15 miles away from a harbor of refuge on that Michigan side. And even if the marina is full, they will take you, they will raft you up with other boats in case you get out in some bad weather. So that was one of the reasons. The other reason we kind of like it, there are numerous small towns and villages to visit along the way with, uh, and Pat will talk about this a little bit more about, you know, great shopping, places to eat, and lots of things to see and do. So that's kind of why we, we take that side of the lake. Perfect. And, and George and Pat actually presented on this topic at our Spring Rendezvous just um, a couple of months ago. Um, and, of course, traveled it very recently, too. So let's kind of jump into uh, – tell us a little bit about the type of general cruising, you know, kind of an overview of this side of the lake. Any hazards, any weather concerns? What should we know before we kind of set out and start looking at individual ports? Well, a couple things. Um, a friend of ours, uh, John uh, Simon, uh, who's uh, sailed that area many, many years, has a, uh, a saying that if you can't see it, you can't hit it. Because unlike, say, the Atlantic Intracoastal Waterway, you, you can hit a lot of things underwater. The Great Lakes are so deep, you cannot run into anything, really. Uh, the term lake also is a bit of a misnomer because they're, in reality, inland seas and should be treated with that kind of respect. Uh, it's more like a large sea than it is a, a lake. Uh, one thing that we um, are always aware of is weather, of course. And what we like to do is, if at all possible, travel on days where in the wind forecast there are no Ws. In other words, the wind is not from the southwest to the northwest because that wind will come right across the lake. And even if you only have, a, say, two-foot seas out there that day, they will be on the beam and you'll get rocked around a bit. Now, if the wind is going to be, say, oh, 10 knots or less, it really doesn't matter. But it's, um, it's something to watch just be aware of that westerly wind. Also, there is a, a general rule of thumb for uh, people who travel on Lake Michigan, and that is that for every two days you travel, you're going to be laid up a day. And that is a pretty good rule of thumb. It can be even more than that. Uh, you always want to expect delays on, uh, on Lake Michigan because they are definitely going to happen. Uh, because they are, of course, the Great Lakes, there's no tides to be concerned about and generally no strong currents. The only time you might see a strong current is if you were in a harbor that had a narrow entrance and there was a strong wind out of the west, you might get a little bit of a surge. Now, in the years we've been traveling there, we have not seen any of that. Uh, there are no bridge concerns. Uh, the, going underneath the Mackinac Bridge, that it's, uh, it's extremely high. And the only other place you may see a, a bridge or two would be if you go into Manistee Harbor. There's a couple of bridges, and uh, they open up on signal, so they're, they're not a big problem. Uh, that's most of our real concerns about traveling uh, in, in that area. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit then, um, if we could, a little bit about time frames. Um, how much time did you take? And uh, well, let's start there. How much time would you oh. allow um, to account for potential weather days, but also to have some time to see everything that there is to see on the, the Michigan side of the lake? Sure. I would, we would take with, we, we did a couple things. We actually went home for 10 days during that, that period of time, but the actual travel days and days were out on the lake, approximately three weeks. 
Uh, our goal is once we're out on Lake Michigan, we'd like to be in Chicago or the Chicago area at least, uh, somewhere around Labor Day. Usually if you give yourself uh, three weeks, it's plenty of time for bad weather. Uh, the trip roughly, say, from, um, oh, from Drummond Island, uh, which is uh, really as you come in uh, from Canada from the North Channel, all the way down to the Chicago area is about 470 miles. So you do that over a course of three weeks or so. You've got plenty of time to see everything, and you get plenty of time to get held up. I mean, our first trip, we sat in Petoskey for six days. We sat in Ludington for three days, and we had no problem getting uh, to Chicago before Labor Day. So uh, anybody that's getting into Lake Michigan over the next uh, week or two should have no problem making uh, Chicago. Okay. And is there, you know, kind of the, the rule of thumb is usually to be off of Lake Michigan around Labor Day, but some people do disagree with that. At what point, though, would you recommend you absolutely need to be off the lake because the facilities start to close for winter? You've got to be off, off that lake by late September. I would, uh, I would not want to be, I definitely wouldn't want to be up around Mackinac Island in late <laughs> September uh, because you're asking for problems. You're going to wake up one morning and find ice on your boat. Okay. Uh, so that's that's the rule of thumb. I wouldn't push it too much. Some people do, and we have heard of pe- loopers in the past that uh, kept stretching and stretching and stretching and eventually had to find a place to leave their boat because they waited too long. But uh, you want to be off of that lake uh, before October for sure. Okay. I'm going to pause for just a second and play an ad from one of our sponsors who actually happens to be on the Michigan side of Lake Michigan. It's Northport Bay Boatyard. When we come back, we will jump into kind of a little bit of a, a verbal tour um, down the Michigan side on a port-by-port basis with Pat and George Hospitar. Be back in a moment. Northport Bay Boatyard is a complete marine service facility located on Grand Traverse Bay in Northport, Michigan. They feature over 85,000 square feet of heated storage, and they are offering loopers a 10% discount on heated storage, as well as a winter labor rate of $75. That's a $10 discount off their usual rate. For more information, visit www.npbby.com or call 231-386-5151. Northport Bay Boatyard is a proud commander sponsor of AGLCA. We're back on Great Loop Radio with our guests today, Captains George and Pat Hospitar, who are sharing some details on the Michigan side of Lake Michigan. Um, One of uh, Pat and George's gifts is giving us a narrative of the the places that they've traveled. So I'm going to kind of turn it over to you and let you lead us down the eastern side of the lake. Okay. Uh, Well, I want to start out, say, from uh, the Tour Passage and uh, Drummond Island area and head to the Straits of Mackinac and Mackinac Island. there are, when you get there, it's about a 50-mile trip. There are three marinas you can stay at. One on uh, Mackinac Island itself, the marina there. You can stay at Straight States in Mackinac City on the south side of the uh, Mackinac Bridge or at St. Ignace Marina on the north side of the bridge. Uh, there is some pros and cons about all of them. The uh, pros of being in Mackinac Island, it's beautiful. You're right in the island. However, the harbor is not very well sheltered and you're going to be rocked by wakes most days, and if some bad weather comes in from the south, you can catch some waves in there. If you go across to the other side over to either St. Ignace or uh, Mackinac City, where uh, straight states are, there are ferry services that will run you to the island. 
The marinas are very, very sheltered, and that's where we've gone to both of those marinas. We've gone to St. Ignace and to Straight States. Very nice places. Uh, I think Pat's going to talk to you a little about some things to see and do on Mackinac Island. Uh, I hope everyone knows that there are really no uh, outside of a police car and a fire truck, there are no uh, other transportation uh, means except uh, horse-drawn carriages, uh, biking, and walking. Uh, their chief exports are fudge and Truly, uh, I found this fascinating. Horse manure is uh, transported from there. <laughs> <laughs> that was an eye-opener. Uh, I guess we can understand why, though, since there's no cars on the <laughs> island. There are lots of horses. <laughs> well, you know you're not home. Let's put it that way. Uh, <laughs> Fort Mackinac is great. They have reenactors there. Uh, there's a wonderful restaurant right there at the fort. Um, and they have presentations uh, featuring music and a history of, uh, of the, the time the English were uh, in Fort Mackinac. Uh, one thing I would never miss is the Grand Hotel. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, there is a wonderful tour that you can take uh, of the entire hotel. Uh, also, we had lunch at the Grand Buffet, which is uh, magnificent. And... Um, You've seen there are movies that portray the beautiful porch there at the Grand Hotel, which overlooks the Straits of Mackinac. You can see the bridge from there, uh, and it just overlooks everything. And you can spend an afternoon there sitting in your rocking chair while a man delivers um, drinks to you via a little um, ice cream uh, bicycle type of uh, vehicle uh, right on the on the uh, porch. It's, it's very elegant and w um, not to be missed. Okay. All right. From, uh, from Mackinac Island, you would proceed through the Straits of Mackinac under the Mackinac Bridge and head west towards White Shoal Light. At White Shoal Light, you turn to port through Gray's Reef Passage, and you're on your way to our first stop in, inside Lake Michigan itself, which was Petoskey. Uh, which is about a 57-mile trip from uh, Mackinac Island, roughly. Huh? In Petoskey, um, there is a, lo there are a lot of places to have provisioning, and also it's the only place where, uh, that we were at uh, where West Marine, is, they will deliver parts or whatever you need right to your boat at Petoskey City Marina. Uh, that's an unbelievable thing to ha have happened. There is easy uh, air transport from there. Uh, they have shuttle and taxi services, bay-to-bay um, -bay wine tasting tours. You can get enterprise and budget car rentals from there. Uh, their points of interest are they have a, a beautiful gaslight district with lots of shops, restaurants, and parks. Um, there are, again, wineries, the Adawa Casino, uh, and the Little Traverse um, History Museum are wonderful places to visit while you're in Petoskey. Uh, from there, uh, we went uh, 31 miles to uh, uh, downtown Northport, uh, which the marina you just spoke about. Um, it's very walkable, and they have lovely uh, art galleries there, bookstores, boutiques, the Grand Traverse Lighthouse and Museum, museum uh, absolutely wonderful places to go. 
uh, including a uh, Northport Brewing Company, the uh, Northport Pottery, Downshop Town Shopping, and Eater Eatery. Lots of places to go, a, a lovely place. Continuing on from there, um, we went 31 miles to Leyland, another one of my favorite places. Um, there you have provisioning at the Leyland Mercantile Company and Leyland Al Specialty Foods, uh, the Traverse City Airport, which um, you can get uh, flights from Delta, America, and United Airlines. It's only 30 miles away. Um, lots of island transport, and they have ferry service there to North Manitou and South Manitou Islands for island tours. So you'll see lines of people uh, with camping gear, um, and uh, or just to do day visits to the um, to the these outer islands in Lake Michigan. Uh, also, you can visit the South Manitou Lighthouse, and they have a national landmark district, and they act, they have falls there at the area they call Fishtown, which is right in the middle of town, and uh, they have a, a Chateau Fontaine Winery. Again, many downtown shopping and eateries. Again, a lovely, lovely place to visit. Um, onward, we went 41 miles from Leyland to Frankfurt. Uh, Frankfurt has a municipal marina, and um, you can contact them uh, to the marina directly or all of these uh, through the Michigan Harbor Reservation System. Um, they are, there are books available at each of these uh, harbors of refuge, and uh, you can call ahead to make your uh, reservations uh, when you get this book in hand. Again, there's provisioning in Frankfurt. The, um, the Chicago, you can get to the Chicago Midway uh, Airport from there via the Manistee Blacker Airport. Points of interest, Sleeping Bear Dunes. These dunes are huge in height. Uh, as you come down Lake Michigan, they'll be on your port side. Uh, they're overwhelming to see. Uh, Point Betsy Lighthouse is there, uh, Hale Auto Museum, Garden Theater, the Benzie Historic Museum, uh, a, an alpaca farm, and again, many restaurants to eat at. Uh, continuing on, we went 27 miles to Manistee. Now, Manistee was important to us because um, our nephew's wife's family has a um, beautiful summer home on Lake Michigan in Manistee. So we, we made an extra long stop there. Uh, we did not go to the marina right in town. We continued up uh, to Sangs Marina, which is um, in a very sheltered area. Uh, again, they can do lots of um, work on your boat if, if necessary for you. Uh, again, there's taxi service. Enterprise rental car, uh, points of interest, lots of historic sites in downtown Manistee, the North Pier Lighthouse, Little River Casino. So um, that's another great stop. Continuing on uh, from there, we did 25 miles to Ludington, uh, where we stay at the Ludington Municipal Marina. Uh, lots of markets in town. Uh, a farmer's market on Fridays. Again, you, you can get to uh, the Grand Rapids Airport from there and uh, to Chicago Midway uh, via the Manistee Blacker Airport. 
taxi service, uh, tourist transports, uh, car rentals, and George is going to talk to you about one particularly special point of interest, the SS Badger. The, um, the Badger is a very interesting thing. It is a 410-foot-long ship. It's the last coal-fired ship on the Great Lakes. And it comes in, it runs as a ferry between Wisconsin and, and Ludington. And when it comes into the harbor, it is a sight to see. And you'll, you'll see, if you're there, you'll see people in the afternoon moving towards the docks to watch it dock. Watching this dock is one of the greatest feats of seamanship you'll ever see. This is an old ship. It has no bow or stern thrusters, does not use any tug assistance. And the clever way this captain docks this ship is just absolutely amazing. So I recommend Ludington, if nothing that, for the show of just watching the ship come in. Also, in Ludington, uh, check the fuel prices, because we found that Ludington had extremely good fuel prices when we did our loop uh, this time last year. So it's something you may want to check out. Pat? Again, that uh, you can go on a trip on the uh, Badger. It's a four-hour crossing of Lake Michigan uh, to Manitowoc, Wisconsin, uh, and it carries 620 passengers and 180 vehicles. So that's maybe even an interesting uh, thing for some folks to do to get over to Wisconsin. Uh, downtown Ludington has lots of clothing stores, art galleries, jewelry stores, a great ice cream parlor. Um, ice cream is very big in Michigan, and uh, we got ice cream like you can't believe. Um, the Port of Ludington has a maritime museum. The Big Sable, Little Sable, and North Breakwater lighthouses can be toured, and there's also the Pear Marquette Memorial that uh, can be visited. Continuing from there, we went 57 miles to Grand Haven, and um, where there's a lighthouse and pier and a boardwalk and historic trolley tours available in Grand Haven. But Grand Haven is particularly known for its synchronized um, program with water and music. At, it's a light show at night. It's a multicolored light show, and it's held nightly during the summer. And um, the marina is right across from where this light show goes on. So it's um, an excellent excellent place to stop. We, we definitely uh, recommend you seeing the musical fountains. Uh, from there, it was 21 miles to Holland, Michigan. Um, we actually went to an anchorage there. However, we ended up having well, a problem. It's Pine Creek Bay Anchorage. Pine Creek Bay Anchorage, and, uh, which is a beautiful spot. However, we discovered that we had a problem with our generator, so we went back down to, um, to, to, I guess, oh. the entrance area of uh, Grand Haven, uh, to the Holland, LD, Holland, Holland. Holland, excuse me, <laughs> I'm sorry, to Holland, to the uh, Eldine Shipyard, uh, where we had uh, excellent work done um, almost immediately on our generator. And also, um, we are members of the Marathon Yacht Club in, in Florida, which gives us... Um, reciprocity with a number of other uh, yacht clubs, and we ended up uh, leaving our boat for 10 days at the Man Lake Manitoba Yacht Club, which is right next to Eldine, and uh, the members there took wonderful care of our boat uh, while we made a trip home from there, a driving trip. 
Again, uh, in downtown Holland, there's lots of stores, boutiques, and galleries. And another place that we hardly, the hospitals love their food, especially their, especially Italian food. And um, we have a, a spectacular restaurant to recommend called Fricano's 2, T-O-O, with thin crust pizza only. It comes in one size. You have a choice of six toppings, and it is jammed every night. They have a full bar and wines available. We would definitely recommend it. Uh, onward again, uh, we went 28 miles uh, south to South Haven. Uh, there we met up with um, several loopers and in downtown South Haven. There are lots of restaurants uh, and shopping, Michigan Maritime Museum. Uh, and we were docked on the uh, starboard side uh, at the close to the entrance, and that seems to where they put uh, boats of our size there at the, uh, in South Haven. Uh, from there, 58 miles to Michigan City, Indiana. Uh, again, it's, it's the site of the original Smith Brothers Cluff Drop Factory. Uh, it looks industrial from far away because you can see the smokestacks for miles, um, but they have a wonderful marina there, very pretty. Uh, where they, and it is very close to the Lighthouse Place Premium Outlets and the Washington Park Zoo. So again, it was a great stop for us. Uh, finally, on this trip, we went 31 miles uh, to, to Hammond, Indiana, uh, to the, uh, the, the marina there. The Hammond Marina is uh, part of the Harris brand um, Horseshoe Casino. So there's this enormous casino, if, you, if that's your bit to do, um, there right at the marina. Again, lots of washing machines, lots of, it's, a, it's an enormous marina. And um, 918 slips, uh, they'll take very good care of you. And George will yeah. tell you another asset. Yeah. Uh, also at, uh, at Hammond, again, they have very good fuel prices there. It's a place to get fuel before you start heading down the Illinois River system. Uh, their, their fuel prices were exceptional. Also, if, when you, if you do go to Michigan City, if you look at the chart, it's going to show like there's three feet of water in the channel. That is wrong. There's probably close to eight feet of water in the channel. So don't let the, the chart uh, disturb you too much. And then from here, we just from actually from uh, we did not go to Chicago this time. The first time we did, but from here you could go to Chicago or what we did. From uh, the uh, casino in Hammond, it's only about a two-mile trip to Calumet Harbor and the Illinois River system. So that was the direction we, uh, we headed off to. Perfect. So that's a, a very quick overview, um, all we can fit into a podcast of this length. So thank you for giving us that tour of uh, the, the lake. That's all we have for you today. I hope you enjoyed these rebroadcasts of last year's episodes on Lake Michigan. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising. <laughs>